It's Wednesday, September 22nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, it's the Chief Investment Officer, Andy Cross. Good to see you. Chris, good to see you. Thanks for having me back. We've got earnings, and we're going to start with a bellwether. Shares of FedEx are down 8%, and that is actually not all that surprising when you consider the fact that first quarter profits were lower than expected, and FedEx cut their earnings guidance for the full fiscal year. Is this... I don't want to paint this as being horrible. Like, yeah, I was about to say, is this as bad as it looks? But uh, this looks like uh, a very straightforward struggle in the near term for FedEx. Am I wrong? Yeah, well, and the stock's been selling off for the past few months. I think it's you know down fifteen um, percent or so when you look at the past few months, Chris. And when you look at what they have discussed on this call, it's it's fascinating from the perspective of this is showing a lot of what we have heard about when it comes to things like labor, specifically about labor shortages and the struggle that so many U.S. companies are having, and especially a company like FedEx that hires hundreds of thousands of people and relies on on systems and processes and people. So their sales are actually up pretty nicely for the quarter, Chris, up 14%. Um, their freight business was the biggest driver, or, or sorry, the, the best performer of 23%. Total U.S. shipments across their, their network was only up 1.5%. So that's compared to thirty more than 30% for all of the fiscal year 2021. So again, coming off that really robust um, pr- uh, during the potent p- p- pandemic, when we saw shipments and all the, the e-commerce business just uh, start to shift um, online and shopping sort of shift online. But for a while, it was really tense and obviously the, the, the depths of the, of the pandemic. So, so um, the growth in shipments this quarter wasn't nearly as, um, as exciting. It's only up one and a half percent, but it was really on the cost side, Chris. So the operating income was down 12%. Operating margin fell to 6.4% versus 8.2% a year ago. Um, and that really hurt the earnings per share that fell more than 10%. And almost so much of that, Chris, was driven by labor shortage and the cost. So they estimate that during the quarter, more than 400 million, 450 million of additional costs were kind of leaped. Or, or, or were added to the cost structure because of labor shortages, shortages that really hurt not just the fact that they had to pay more for those for those workers, which they had to, but also what it did to the efficiencies of the network. So just you saw shortages on trying to, on having people in the network and what that meant for them being able to ship packages from point A to point Z, and that really hurt the bottom line when it looks at FedEx. So it was a it was a uh, a little lower on the shipping volumes, and then the cost pressures jumped in, and that's why you see the, the stock selling off today. There are a lot of companies that sandbag their guidance. I don't think FedEx is one of them. I think historically they've been a little conservative with their guidance, but I, I don't put them in the category of of sandbagging. But I think that you know what you just mentioned is part of why we're seeing this sell-off today, because another thing they mentioned was and this was to be expected this time of year, they talked about seasonal hiring. FedEx is looking to hire as many as 90,000 people. And I think for some investors, they, they listen to everything FedEx said about the struggles they're having in hiring. And then they say, well, and by the way, we're looking to hire 90,000 people in the next few weeks. And it's like, okay, well, 
forgive me if I'm, I'm skeptical about how that's going to go because <laughs> it hasn't been going well so far. And it's been very expensive. So they said the competition for talent, particularly for the frontline workers, have driven wage rates higher and pay premiums higher. And they're taking what they call these bold actions, Chris, across the entire enterprise to hire and invest in those frontline team workers. These actions include targeted paid premiums for weekend shifts, increased tuition reimbursement, sponsorship of a national hiring day on September 23rd. So if you're looking for some work and um, look interested in FedEx, September 23rd could be your day to hire the, to help hire those 90,000 um, additional positions ahead of the peak. So look at the long-term, Chris, on this. Um, here's the story for FedEx. They still expect shipment volumes per year to drive to, to, to increase about 10% over the next, say, five years. So you have a business that's has a market cap of 67 billion. They have a lot of debt. They have 36 billion on the on on the balance sheet, seven billion in cash. So you have a company that has an enterprise value of nearly 100 billion. There, they had their price of sales is only 1.1. Their price to earnings is about 13 times, with a five-year EPS growth rate of about 10%, with a dividend yield of 1.2%, and a stock that's fallen, gosh, 15, 20% over the last three months. So there's not really a lot of surprises in this, I don't think. Like we've seen these shortage, and this is really acutely hitting FedEx. It also probably will hit, hit UPS. I think it probably will hit will hit a company like Amazon that has, gosh, a massive logistics network they're building out. So we do see these cost pressures building up. FedEx has just announced that they're going to increase their some of their some of their um, shipping costs or across the FedEx Express, FedEx Ground, FedEx Home Delivery. The rates will increase by almost six percent, and FedEx Freight will increase between six and eight percent. So they're going to try to offset some of these costs with some higher shipping um, shipping uh, rates um, to help. Um, to help uh, grow and and offset some of these um some of these costs that they're feeling. So, you know, overall, I think it's it's you're you're not you're not there's not too many surprises I think with FedEx, and it could just be a, a, a one of those those stocks you just kind of just kind of wait and see. And and um, I'm not I'm not jumping into the stock now. Um, but like you know, if the if the earnings picture and the, the the price continues to fall, it might be a little bit more attractive, especially if you're interested in those companies that have a, a yield of a dividend yield. Above, above 1%. Adobe's third quarter profits and revenue were both solidly higher than Wall Street was expecting, but shares of the software giant down 3% today. Their revenue was nearly $4 billion in the quarter. That's a record. Oh gosh, Chris! Up twenty-two percent for the year. Um, the, the 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 earnings picture was up very healthy, and the digital media, which is their largest business, was up twenty-three percent year over year. Um, they exited the quarter with almost twelve billion in, in annual recurring revenue. Um, the subscription business, which is really driving the bulk of of Adobe's um, of revenues and their cash flow, was up twenty-four percent um, at three point six six billion. While the the products were up a little bit less, and the services were were actually down so really the subscription business looking at the all the products that Adobe is offering um, when you look at the creative uh, cloud their document cloud business um, which which is is designed around like like signages and um, and helping their clients being able to to continue to offer your like like um, you know docusign kind of like businesses or, or, or solutions that was really impressive up 31 percent year over year to almost 500 million dollars their 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 
signage traction continues to grow with people using this system. So when you need to be able to sign documents, you can do it right in the document cloud if you're if you're a subscriber to Document Cloud as an Adobe as an Adobe client. So overall, you just look at this business, and it really I mean it's a three hundred million dollar business. They have they have plenty of cash, not very much debt, gross margins almost ninety percent. Chris operating margins above thirty five percent. You have a stock that makes a lot of money. They buy back a lot of stock uh, from using their free cash flow that they generate to be able to lower the share count, which drives a lot of the earnings per share growth. You know, overall twenty percent kind of top line growth, more than twenty percent probably on the earnings side long term. It continues to be very attractive and very well positioned to serve clients that continue to move more and more to this creative space. So like, you know, architects, designers, um, businesses, anyone that kind of utilizes all of those those solutions that Adobe offers, like, like Photoshop, um, it just continues to be a winner in that space. And it's a wonderful business, very solid. Um, and the, the price is probably a little bit stretched ahead of it. I'm an owner, very happy owner to be it. And if it continues to fall, and, and, and fall a little bit, I would be a buyer. I, I think that is probably why we're seeing, or at least part of why we're seeing the drop-off today, is that you know, unlike FedEx, Adobe has just been on such a run for so long. It's yeah. not at an all-time high, but it's pretty close to it. So you look at the valuation and you see how Adobe has essentially entered the territory that some companies get to where you're going to need near perfect or perfect results for the stock to move up. Yeah, I think that's right, Chris. Especially at this size, they make these. They make healthy acquisitions. Um, they bought. They bought a company called Marketo um, to 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 build out their commerce business, um, which again continues to compete against the likes of of you know Shopify and and those kinds of organizations that are continuing to to build out that very sticky ecosystem um, uh, across the creative landscape. And so when it comes to like things like analytics and marketing for your business, business and, and advertising. That's kind of the area where Adobe is moving more into and they make these little acquisitions to be able to continue to, to solidify all the great innovation that comes inside their own organization. And it's just a healthy balance of, uh, of a really nice software company um, that certainly has high expectations, but but over time, they've really been able to deliver against those. And um, uh, again, just looking at the financial picture of what Adobe's built is pretty impressive. The stock of the day is Stitch Fix. Shares up 15% after the online styling service reported a surprise profit in the fourth quarter. I feel like I've seen this movie before where, where it, it seems like Stitch Fix does this a couple of times a year um, where they beat expectations. This is a stock that has um, a, a decent short interest. Yep. And so I'm sure that's part of what we're seeing today with the pop. Yeah, it was actually a really nice quarter. Sales were up 29%. Um, but that was, again, coming off a pretty low base from a year ago. If you go back two years ago before the pandemic, sales were up about 15%. Um, that's a deceleration off this last quarter, off the quarter before, but again, coming off a very low base. Number of active clients was up 18% to 4.17 million. I like to see that number continue to, to, to be in the healthy teens. It's kind of stagnated in around there. Um, that's a little bit of a deceleration from the previous quarter of around 20%, but 
but but still pretty nice. Net revenue per client up 4% to $505, Chris. That's the first time it's been over 500, so that's been pretty nice and an improvement off what happened last quarter. Um, the, 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 as you mentioned, it was kind of really surprised profitability picture that I think has people a little bit excited. Their gross margin was at 46.5%, um, 46.5% versus 46%, and that was driven by higher product margins. And they did a really nice job managing the costs. So they did see higher wages and shipping. Again, getting back to FedEx, like just we see continued costs into the into the ecosystems and into the networks. But they said that was offset by variable and fixed productivity gains. And that shows up really in the sales and general administration costs as a percentage of revenue was at 37.2% this quarter versus 44.4% a quarter ago. So you really see improvements across the scale of the organization that drove that profitability picture, as you mentioned, EPS at 19% versus a massive loss a year ago and far ahead of analyst estimates of minus 13%. Overall, success in the women's business, the kids, the freestyle, which is which is what they now call the direct buy business, which allows you to, to directly buy through through um, Stitch Fix is a website versus having to get it um, having to work with a stylist. Um, and international um, were were some of the big areas of, of winning this corner, and their churn remains really near low. So overall, you wrap that all in, and you can see why people are excited or investors are excited to 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 perhaps buy the stock today. And and as you mentioned, it does have that high short interest, so you probably have people trying to cover that short. It seems like Stitch Fix, as I said, they do this a couple times a year, and the challenge for them, among others, is that they really don't, they haven't proven to this point that they can do this on a consistent basis. Like yeah. this type of, like, you know, yeah. the sustained profitability, um, and this is... I wouldn't say it's a mature company, but it's not as young as it used to be. And I sort of feel like it's reasonable to expect, at least in 2022, if Stitch Fix is going to really establish itself, they got to start doing this on a regular basis. Well, and they have new leadership in. Katrina Lake stepped stepped away from the CEO role, and they have the new CEO in. I think that's going to bring a little bit of, uh, of life um, to Stitch Fix. Um, she talked about how um, uh, freestyle, again, that direct buy part of the business was really up more than doubled during the fiscal year of, of 2021. Um, she talked about how over the last 18 months, they've just seen this shift where their the footwear and apparel business overall was um, that market was about a quarter, 25% of that so was done online, and now that's closer to the 40%. So the market has definitely moved online, no surprise. I think we all we all know that. But they are seeing some these little pockets of wins, the the, the keep rates of those who keep who keep things that they order as, as opposed to sending them back. Those are near all-time highs, churn near all-time lows. The women's plus business grew 51% in the fiscal year. Um, tops and bottoms overall for their business um, is about 75% of their sales, but it's really only about 30% of the overall categories. So that leads to opportunities in things like footwear and dresses, outer and sleepwear. So she's identifying these areas, both from a 
from a uh, opportunity to add more sales, tie better into their clients, offer more of those solutions that their clients are looking for, working with stylists, making improvements to their algorithm, and also attacking different parts of the market and managing their costs. All that being said, you still have a business that doesn't make a lot of money. Um, it, it has decent growth rates. Um, I'm, an, I'm an owner, but I'm not really a buyer right now. I'm just kind of like holding and sitting in the stock. It's the market cap of the business is almost $4 billion. They have $230 million in cash on the balance sheet, $140 million in debt. Um, the price of sales ratio is, gosh, less than two. Um, but they still continue to have a lot to prove in the market. It's a very competitive space, obviously. Um, and they have these little wins, but they just need to be able to consistently do this. And maybe the new leadership team can take them there. I think 2022 is going to be a very interesting year for this business because if they continue to improve in a way, even though that increases the market cap, theoretically, right now it's just under $4 billion. If they continue to improve, my hunch is that only increases the interest from larger companies who are thinking about acquiring Stitch Fix. Yeah, perhaps. Um, you know, and, and it's interesting, Katrina Lake has been kind of selling down her stake. She's the founder um, uh, over the last few years. So just, I mean, she still owns a lot of, gosh, almost 10 million shares, but, but that was close to 15 million shares back in 2017. So um, I, I don't know if anybody would would necessarily um, or, or, or ha has it on the horizon, but they continue to invest in their algorithm. They continue to invest in their client relationships and offer those those different solutions for their clients, predominantly women, but they are expanding, expanding continue, like they said, like I mentioned, had some, some wins and kids and international is a, is a big opportunity. Very fragmented market that they think they can, they can play into that. Um, and so maybe that is attractive because it is there. There is so much of that stylist plus algorithmic combination that they that they continue to to, to 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 hone and to work on. So they do have some little specialty, and they are expecting sales next next year to be up about fifteen percent or a little or a little bit higher. So that's fairly attractive and a nice it continues a nice momentum that we saw over again. If you look over the two year period, not just over the the past year, which was a. Uh, which we've seen that elevated growth off the lows of the pandemic, but but that's a you know nice growth continuing over the last couple of years. So if they can do that and their profitability stays this level, you're going to see some nice earnings and cash flow growth, which is which starts to put them in a little bit of a different perspective and eye and different eye as a as a as a growth company that also can drive profits, and that might be a very attractive to to other investors. Right now, I'm still just kind of in the I, again I own the stock, but I'm just kind of in the eh, just kind of wait and see. I just like you said, I want more of that consistency. I want to see how what this leadership team can bring. It's it's to, today and this week, this quarter was pretty nice indication, but that needs to be sustained and needs to last. Andy Cross, great talking to you. Thanks, Thanks for being Chris. Here. Appreciate it, bud. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. Some of buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.